0: Welcome to Sports, Clicks, and Politics with your host, Ben Husong, and me, Sean Hannan. Welcome to episode 18, I think it is, of Sports, Clicks, and Politics. Thanks this- for joining us today on this uh, First October Monday of uh, 2020. Uh, Mr. Husong, thank you for joining us. Uh, How was your weekend?
1: It was wonderful. That's not true. It was a pain, but that's okay. How was your weekend? Uh, Uneventful. Um, I worked, so, you know, nothing
0: nothing spectacular. Uh, It feels like we were just talking two seconds ago. It feels like a hundred years ago, but we haven't even talked about the debate here on the show, and it feels like that was a light years away. Yeah. Uh, Did you watch the debate? unfortunately
1: see you know what the problem was the i know show, you watched the debate you live we the debate. agreed that, that a... i would live tweet the debate yeah. even throughout the entire thing all i could think was how did i get talked into this
0: it was fun oh, i enjoyed it it was awful it was just i so mean your commentary brutal. i enjoyed yeah well, the debate you. was terrible um from the get-go right
1: it, it started out bad and then it and i kind of expected that admittedly it got a little worse and i thought all right you know it's fine I don't know exactly know when we fell off the cliff or if it was really a cliff or just a gradually increasing the speed on the way down. But at about the one hour mark is when I kind of broke a little bit mentally of like, (laughs) what are we doing in our world right now? Like what is wrong with us as a society that we've got these two idiots and this idiot in the middle questioning them about nonsensical stuff that doesn't matter. And here's what I was genuinely angry about. Sean, Sean, Did you catch any of the debate? I did. Okay. Let me just ask you a few things. What would be Joe Biden's plan in the Middle East strategy-wise if he were elected? Um, I don't think that was discussed. Okay, that could have been discussed though, right? I mean,
0: I think that would have been an important discussion point. So at
1: what point would Joe, what would Joe Biden's metrics be for reopening the economy and allowing businesses and schools to reopen? Where does he stand on that? Um... I don't think we discussed that either. Interesting. Interesting. That might impact people's lives a little bit. Now let's talk about, in general terms, how about foreign aid? Where do we stand on those things as far as spending? How about Uh, borrowing money? How about tax increases? How about agency increases? As long as we're going to start offering a public option for health insurance, and we're going to offer free community college.
0: Mr. Huzon, are you trying to suggest that there was nothing substantial talked about at the debate?
1: I mean, we did hear Donald Trump somehow screw up his 15th rendition of trying to condemn white supremacists, <laughs> which is mind-boggling that we had to talk about it, number one, that he screwed up the answer, number two, and that it was even that the, the fact that they brought up the, the Charlottesville thing as, a, as an indication is just, look, this has been disproven so many times that if you want to accuse the, the president of racially charged or racist behavior outright, Fine. That's fine. Stop using that as the example. It's not an example. He specifically condemned the two groups in that in that thing he said, not the neo-Nazis, not the white nationalists. They should be condemned totally. And now I'm looking at this and it's getting brought up three years later. And I'm looking around at everybody else that's parroting this claim like, are you not bothered that, that this was reported this way to make you believe it? Even though it's specifically said in the comments, this is what I'm condemning. we're talking about it we didn't talk about anything else donald trump what is your plan for how to handle syria in the middle east what's your game plan for afghanistan what is your game plan for the troops still in iraq like what is your plan for phase two of your tax cuts what's your plan for reopening the economy these are all things that actually matter to people Uh, like day-to-day life no no instead we've got oh by the way court packing where does joe biden stand on adding supreme court justices
0: uh To be determined. Uh,
1: He didn't answer the question. No follow up. No nothing. No like, hey, the people want to know. No, no, no. Oh no, Joe. Joe said he didn't want to talk about it. Okay, let's move on. Yeah, like the questions were idiotic. All we got to hear about was Donald Trump try to score points. Joe Biden try to score points with campaign slogans and personal attacks. We found out they're both idiots. So that's fun. And Trump pays no taxes. What did I learn from what I didn't already know? That's the question.
0: Uh, There was nothing that I learned. at all, uh, it it again. It was it was legitimately like a Twitter debate, but worse, and uh, on national television. So um, completely unproductive for any kind of moving forward progress for the country. Um, it probably set us back more than it helped us. Um, between that debate and the next debate, I feel like the president actually might have died for two hours on Twitter because I feel like that's what everybody was saying anyway. But apparently now he's going to be released from the hospital. Um, if you guys don't know, I'm sure you do know that the president has and first lady were both diagnosed with COVID. Uh, and the president, uh, out of a abundance of caution, uh, went over to Walter Reed Medical Center and uh, has addressed the nation a couple times since then. Um, was out in a car. Too, i saw that he kind of oh, I, I heard about how he was endangering like a, the lives of those yes. secret
1: service agents
0: yeah uh so do you think he'll be do you think there'll be a second debate and if so do you think it'll be virtual or do you think uh it'll be just like the other two and mr trump and mr biden will both be in the same room together
1: i don't know honestly i i don't i don't know if there will be a second debate, I would imagine I it's, there will be October 15th. Yeah, you I don't know. know if there will be three. How's that? There might be another one if they delay this one. I, I'm not sure. Um, I, I guess here's my nobody's getting their minds changed by anything they're hearing at this point i love when they bring out these supposedly undecided there's, voters i think right now less, less than four
0: percent is supposedly undec- undecided like, there's there no
1: like that is the rounding error in the study okay <laughs> yeah. because there's no way you're undecided here's your thing you're either voting for trump you're voting for biden you're not voting or you're voting for a third party candidate nobody is going back and forth on like man they both make really good points. I yeah. see both sides. I, either way, I could go either way. I'm good. Nobody's doing that. I've
0: yet to hear that conversation.
1: Uh, listen, I've, I've made it perfectly clear. I honestly don't care who wins this election. I just don't. I'm, I'm so far checked out at this point. I can't stand any of the major candidates. I can't stand the major parties. I I, I don't care any longer. Because yeah. uh, whoever wins, wins, and life will go on.
0: Yeah, And that's kind of how I feel, too. Like, I... I hate. I, Unfortunately, have to pay attention to a little bit of national politics, but I try to minimize my exposure to that as much as I possibly can and focus more local and state level. Um, and Well, thank
1: God that's going so swimmingly well, well this year. <laughs>
0: um, I wouldn't say that. <clears throat> I definitely wouldn't say that, but um, it's kept my <laughs> no? attention for sure. Come on. <laughs> um, I don't know. Do you want to talk about New York State before yeah, we do? We we're going to flip right, let's the just go. entire okay. thing so, around here. We're okay, going to start gonna go with politics, politics and go to we'll we'll sports. Move. Okay, Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll just go so
1: over. I, Good that you I, did all that show prep. Yeah, and got I want to do. I haven't,
0: I haven't thrown anything yet. We're just rambling. So um, let's switch to New York and COVID. Uh, I want to start. Let's start with uh, the Finger Lakes Daily uh, reporter. So um, Lucas Day, who I uh, emailed and thanked him for this question. Um, and he promised he would uh, keep my follow-up suggestion uh, archived for if the governor ever calls on him again, which I highly doubt now. But he asked the governor about his executive order and how it may have impacted the deaths uh, in nursing homes. And after a long tirade um, from the governor's in in his response, uh, ended with, uh, it didn't happen. Uh, It didn't happen multiple times, saying it never happened. So that was fact checked a couple times, uh, including all the way on CNN. <laughs> that's
1: Excuse when you me. know you're screwed, right?
0: <laughs> if if your if your brother's network is now uh, kind of making uh, putting you, putting you in your place, then maybe you've uh, crossed a line there. And his spokesperson has has walked up back, saying uh, he was ref- referring to the actual uh, over overrunning of the hospital beds. He said never happened, but uh, that's not how it was reported. And I don't think that's necessarily what he meant.
1: Did you actually? You did you listen to the press conference response? Yeah, I heard that part of it. Yes, I didn't listen. I can't listen to the whole things anymore. It's just too much. But yeah, I heard that. And he's it's it's an, it's an absolute lie. Of course, then, that's not what he was saying.
0: Right. And in that, and this is the kind of the, the where I where I he just clearly lying to everybody. So he boasted within that that we we're forty six ranked. So that that's correct. So he's not lying about that. But the way we tabulate our nursing home deaths is different than the other 49 states, so it's not really – there should be an asterisk next to our death count, and he boasts about it as if it's, you know, f- fact. And, uh, you know, the the, the numbers are, are clearly lower than what they should be, and he's boasting as if they're something that they're not.
1: Yeah, I, this is unjustifiable. I'm sorry. It's, it's inexcusable. So, there is no way to walk this back because – as soon as the Department of Health came out with their response, of they were analyzing whether it could have, in fact, been a Governor's Cuomo executive order that caused this kind of death. And they actually cited in there, New York State is doing well in nursing homes, or ranked 46 out of 50 or whatever it was at the time based on this data. Now, they knew full well they were counting the data differently. You can argue whether we're doing it right and everybody else is doing it wrong. Should people that leave nursing homes and die in hospitals count as hospital deaths or nursing home deaths? I, either way is fine. You can you can count them either way, but when everybody else is counting them one way and you're doing it differently, you don't get to use that data to claim victory because right. you know it's wrong. Right? You know it's false. It's inexcusable and it's unjust. The only way you do that, and here's my biggest complaint about it: they didn't even acknowledge in the report that they counted differently. This is just blatant cover up. This is blatantly misleading people who they are counting on not doing enough of their own research and will just listen to whatever they say. So. No, of course not. This is absolute nonsense, and you and I have discussed this at length. Like, Listen, New York State's results, they're not a little worse than everybody else's. It's not like we had a a 10% increase in death rate here. You're talking about double, triple, up to 30 times the mortality rates of other areas, and I love it. Like, well, it's an international travel hub, and it's all Trump's fault because he didn't tell us the virus was coming from Europe. All right, let's revisit that then. So basically, if that's your consensus, what we should have— is a very high caseload, a lot of cases per million of population, and a death rate that's comparable to everybody else's but would result in more deaths due to more cases. Does that make sense? Yes. What do we have? Uh, Middle-of-the-road cases per million, middle-of-the-road overall cases, and an excruciatingly high mortality rate. Doesn't make sense. That's not cause and effect. Same with population density, economic makeup. Like, look look around the world. None of it correlates yeah, to that.
0: I've been trying to figure out how to get people to recognize how much worse New York was. And I, you know, just trying to do rough math. Ahead. So we have about roughly 200,000 deaths, a little over that uh, now. If you just divide that evenly by 50 states, right, you would get roughly 4,000 deaths per state. Well, mm-hmm. we're at 34,000. So take that number. Take New Jersey's 16,000, I think their number 16, is. So now you're at, 50,000, so now you're taking the remaining 150,000 deaths, dividing that among 48 states, and I'll do the math, It's it's it should show you how distortedly wrong New York and New Jersey got it or how bad they got it, um, and the fact that they both had a mirroring nursing home policy cannot be overlooked, and it seems to be continually being overlooked. Up until recently, actually, I've seen, i say encouragingly, I've seen relatively you know, a handful of articles and, and some stories bubbling out about it in the last week or so. So thankfully, and I think I'm going to give credit to Mr. Bill Hammond out at the Empire Center because yeah. I think his lawsuit has kind of triggered most of the articles about it. So good on him. Um,
1: it just doesn't make sense. It
0: doesn't make sense. And so hopefully, f- I know people, people, I've been told that I, 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 I harp on this too much, but I think it's critical to, because New York got, and New Jersey specifically got it so wrong, or got it so bad, did they get it wrong, or were there these underlying circumstances? But we're not going to know that until we get this data, and the fact that New York is clearly holding data that they have. It's not that they don't have the data or yep. they're looking for. It. They get it every day. So it's this is data that is readily available to them, and they're just withholding it for the excuse of accuracy, and all the other 49 states have been able to figure it out. So – um I wish the next question from some of these journalists out there within one of these uh, press conferences will follow up on Mr. Day's uh, question of that. And somebody follow up with the, if you're 46th ranked, how are you justifying that when you know you're counting your your nursing homes
1: differently? Uh, I would love the answer to that question. And the fact that we haven't even, he hasn't been asked that is an indictment on our entire media complex. I mean, it's unbelievable that, that nobody, this data is all publicly available. I mean it's not a secret and and follow the logic, even st- like going off of your point, if you just take six states plus California, but California's rule was only in effect for two days. So California got away from it. Six other states actually had a prolonged executive order that said nursing home deaths, or excuse me, uh, COVID patients had to be readmitted back into nursing homes. Those six states account for let's just say the lion's share of the death for six states, it, a, a hugely disproportionate number. We'll, I'll, I'll put out some numbers later for you, but it's, it's an incredible perspective of this is the correlating factor bigger than anything else. Now, can we definitively say causation? No, but we're getting pretty close. Uh, I mean, this is, it's hard to argue, and it just makes sense logically of if you know the facts around COVID-19, and it is if you are older and in poor health, you are much more likely to die. You're going to have a higher mortality rate than a 25-year-old in good health. That's just the reality. So if we knowingly put sick people into nursing homes for a prolonged period of time, then what would you expect to happen? You would expect a higher mortality rate. Like if State A did it and State B didn't, who's gonna have a higher mortality rate, all things being equal? State A, this isn't this isn't rocket science. I'm not I'm not a conspiracy theorist here. It's just simple causation. And the really troubling part about it is every one of the justifications and excuses from the Department of Health is starting to come unravel as we learn more and more. And specifically, I'm talking about now how it spreads. Of Now there's more research to indicate that it may not be that everybody is in danger of massively spreading this, but it actually is. The super spreader events are where it comes. Some people are particularly susceptible to spreading this. So a lot of times, you probably could have avoided a lot of the Excess nursing home deaths. If you would have stopped that executive order after two weeks, uh, the fact that that was in force for six weeks, you want to blame that on the family members and the the people working at the nursing home and say, well, they already brought it in. Yeah. Okay, and I said,
0: and they changed the order, right? So, like, clearly. Somebody got into them and said, hey, this is wrong. You need to fix this. And they not only changed the order, then removed it from the from their you know, anywhere you can find it. So
1: you want to know, by the way, in Michigan, why it's so hard to get numbers out of Michigan on the nursing home deaths and why you and I have talked about this before. Michigan's numbers don't make sense. They don't. They like their their nursing home deaths are similar to New York's. And I finally figured out why. Why? I don't know if you heard this. I'm surprising everybody here they're only releasing data from public nursing homes, which only account for about 10% of their overall nursing homes. Right. That's what they're using as their total count when they say nursing home deaths is the only the publicly available one, only the ones that are run by the state. They're not counting private nursing homes. Yeah, like Guys, how are you not outraged? If you live in these states and you're looking at it and you're cheering on these politicians, how are you not even a little bit perturbed that they are in, at best case scenario, is favorable of a... Understanding as I can give to Andrew Cuomo, he's covering up the data that he knows is bad. If it was good, he'd be he he would be bragging about it even more than he is now.
0: He just you know likes to slip that forty sixth into the to the discussion when need be. But if it was if he was doing well, even if he was doing average, then he would be boasting that right. he did something great. So um, let's take that and turn that into what we're learning a little bit about the first uh, some information we're learning about schools reopening here. Um, we both came across some, uh, a little bit of piece of data here, uh, um, from the, uh, the national COVID dashboard here, uh, that shows, uh, schools that have reopened, uh, either in-person hybrid or limited and then remote only, uh, they're giving out, uh, the percent of group with confirmed COVID cases from the students and the staff. Uh, you can see this uh, little graphic I put up on the screen here. If you don't, um, the one thing that, I noticed was that there's almost identical staff infections amongst all three of these schools, right? right. So the in person, the hybrid, or the remote, <clears throat> there's virtually no difference on the staff infection rate. Mm-hmm. So now, why would that be, Sean? <clears throat> well, I'm thinking that there probably is not a big uh, spread. The kids aren't don't spread the disease. Is that
1: possible? I mean, it's um, only what we've pretty much known conclusively since roughly April, and it shows that there's no
0: increased risk for being in person, which is obviously the biggest takeaway, I feel like, from this whole thing. Um, again, in the, the students is, again, minuscule and almost negligible between the two. So um, I don't know. H- how do
1: you think schools are handling COVID, Mr. Song? Oh, my God. You're just, like, you're just trying to upset me today. <laughs> Honest to God. So, listen, Sorry. to hit on the case, and then we'll go through my my real-world example oh, of dealing excellent. This is with be this awesome. ridiculousness is, so, basically, if you just are, if your concern is, well, the students are going to get it, and we can't risk the health of our students. Number one, children are at a, generally speaking, 99.9% are asymptomatic, show no symptoms, don't get sick. That's What every piece of data will say, the overwhelming majority of kids never show a symptom, don't get sick. They are at a phenomenally low mortality rate when it comes to COVID-19, and they do not spread this virus well. That's what the vast majority of the evidence would indicate at this point, and it has been indicating that since April. Now you get the every now and then a flyer study that says, no, we've proven that they can spread it. Eh, No, they can't. So now you're seeing more data to support what I'm going to call the overwhelmingly likely conclusion which is students and young children if they can spread it cannot do it efficiently so let's put that aside um one extra case of a student getting COVID-19 per 544 students that's the increase from going a hybrid to going full in-person school shut it down I mean, obviously, in-person school is better. Every person acknowledges this and recognizes this. The argument that it's not worth the risk is falling apart. Now, the people that say, well, the real risk is the staff, and we're going to ask our teachers to serve on the front lines and risk their health and safety. Okay. Now you're seeing data that shows zero difference between whether they are doing full remote learning or full, in op- full students in the classroom. No difference. No increased risk. No increased cases. No increased anything. Again, what are we doing? Like, we have ignored science. We have ignored data. We have ignored research. We are listening to politicians and anybody else and ignoring the actual facts on the ground, which is we're shutting down these schools for nothing. There's no benefit to this. It's the same with lockdowns. It makes you feel
0: better. We're going to have to break the calendar of science into like, like they did in the, uh, like BC, AD, and it's going to be pre COVID, after COVID. Uh, All the science before it was this, and all the science after it is that.
1: Yes, I, we're it feels like we're coming to, to that. There's I, been a split. It's unbelievable that people are still relying on stuff that came out back in March and ignoring everything that has come out since then. And in March, the answer was always, well, we just don't know. There's so much we don't know. Like, you're not right. Like, there was. We know so much. Is there still stuff we have to learn? Absolutely. We should never stop. However, we know enough now to say that school closings, business shutdowns and quarantining healthy people have not helped. They're not having any impact. They're not helping people, and they are actually causing very real damage to people and to lives. It's costing lives to do this, and it's not impacting the coronavirus. Now, this is the stupidity that we are dealing with now, so um, bear with me. I'm going to tell you a little personal story. Um, I wish I had a violin. I hate this. Uh, so anyways... This uh, is actually good. This Buckle is up. Ridiculous. So on Wednesday of last week, my seven-year-old son went to school and... Um, had a, a little bit of a cough. We didn't think much of it. Sent him to school. He usually gets that around this time of the year. He gets a little stuffy and coughs. No problem. They, we get a call a few hours later. Got to come pick him up because he's got a cough. All right. Fair enough. Bring him home. Watch him for the day. Uh, my wife and I both work from home, so it works out really well in that case. Um, we're very fortunate. So we watch him and we listen and uh, he doesn't cough. We're like, okay, I guess he's better. Great. We Send him back to school. The stuffiness sounds better. We're not hearing coughing. We send him to school the next day. They call us again. Got to come pick him up. uh, He's got a stuffy nose. He was blowing his nose at school. Okay. Oh, and you can't bring him back until he has a negative COVID test. So I got to take him to the doctor. Then I gotta take him to a. Uh, I take him to the community health center to get a COVID test on a drive up. You know, you, you they reach in and swab him, and then we go like McDonald's. I mean, kind of similar, except in a dystopian nightmare. Um, so we do that, and we, we go back, and I'm driving him around, and uh, I was with him for about four straight hours. He never coughed one time. Um, I didn't hear him really sniffle much. He sounded great. He was really happy, having a lot of fun. Like I was mad at him. Like, do not cough at school ever again. I'm not kidding. <laughs> So
0: ban coughing,
1: I get home and then my wife and I talk and she says, well, they're going to take five to seven days to get us a COVID response to this test. We're not going to have a response till the middle of next week. I'm like, awesome. So it's Thursday now. So I take him to Galisano after hours and we get another COVID test. This one is back the next day. Great. So we get it back and shockingly enough for my seven year old son who coughed, it was negative. Phew. Great news. Dodged a bullet there so we sent him to school the next day. Now, admittedly, we did not have the results in hand. They were going to fax them over to the school that morning. I decided that that was dumb. So we dropped him off and I sent him to school cuz knowing knowing the results were negative, knowing this was all there. So they call us and say, uh, well, he, he he blew his nose. He's got a he's got a runny nose. I'm like, he's got a negative covid test. We just got it yesterday. Well, we don't have it in hand. Like it's coming. Well, and so my wife Again, stops working, goes in and makes all these phone calls, finally gets the results sent over to the school. And we're like, all right, great. Now this is settled. 20 minutes later, they call and say, we got to pick him up because he has a runny nose. He has a negative COVID test in his hand. They have it. They're looking at it. He doesn't have COVID. They sent him home from school again. And so we went, my my wife went and picked him up and said, "What what is going on? And she said, well, the doctor's note said you need to have the symptoms go away and a negative COVID test. Like, well, what are the symptoms? Because he's with us all the time and he didn't cough. Like, we, we didn't hear him cough all day and he's not, well, he blew his nose. And so I, my wife actually asked, like, so you're telling me blowing your nose one time is symptomatic? And she said, yes. Blowing your nose as a seven-year-old kid wearing a mask all day in a classroom or coughing is enough to send you to the nursing at home. I, listen, I, I appreciate my school district. I appreciate how hard everybody is working to make this happen. This is crazy. Coughing one time is not symptomatic of COVID. Like, this is, uh, people have lost their minds. I mean, absolutely lost their minds. It's, I, I don't know what to say about this. It's just, you're telling me that with a negative COVID test and the kid blows his nose at school, he's got to come home? And it's not really the school's fault. It's New York State's fault because they're the ones who put down this absurd guidance of how many different things count as a symptom of COVID-19. I might be able to pull that up. Keep talking. I mean, one cough, one sneeze. Anybody who has kids, you automatically know this is insanity because there's no way. Like, the, the class that my son is in right now has 11 kids. Seven of them are out on suspicion of COVID. Like, what are we doing this is insanity because they're following the letter of the rules and I understand, but we have just completely, completely ignored all of the science that we have access to to say. This is a hell of a flow chart. It's amazing. I Like, this is my favorite thing in the world. and. Why did I go get a COVID test then? Like, what was the point? If I'm just going to wait for him to be completely asymptomatic, he ain't never coming back to school. It's over. We literally told all of our kids over the weekend, you are not allowed to cough, you are not allowed to sneeze, and you are not allowed to blow your nose at school. You deal with it and figure out a way. Not a not like saying that to my children. However, I'm also a realist in saying, look, I can't come and pick you up every single time you sneeze at school. That's insane. Now, other teachers are interpreting the rules differently and having a little more... I'm going to say common sense, but I don't want to be mean. some of the teachers are looking at it and saying, well, no, it says if you have a runny nose, which is on the list, runny nose is there. You are symptomatic of COVID. And apparently the response of, but he's negative is not sufficient. That's not scientific enough. I, 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 what do you do with this? Like, honestly, and here's the thing. I, I get the administration side, the superintendent side, the principal, the teachers, and everything else. I understand how stressful this must be and how hard you are working. And I don't mean to belittle or demean you or your efforts in any shape or form. Truly, I do not. I'm just begging you to understand the working parent side of this as well, of if you're going to send my child home every single time they have a runny nose throughout the entire school year, what was the point of reopening? I got to come get him every day. He's going to have a runny nose. It's winter. Don't they
0: do, do they do the uh, temperature checks when they get there?
1: I have to take his temperature every morning and then sign a piece of paper saying he doesn't have a fever. He doesn't have any symptoms. And in my mind, having a runny nose in and of itself is not a symptom, is not being symptomatic of COVID-19. Do you I, like,
0: I mean, I'm just looking at, I'm looking at the, the state guidance here. It says negative test result. This is how you get back. To, this is how you get your child back to school.
1: It can't be new or worsening symptoms. So if he went in with a cough and a runny nose, he got a negative test, and he still only has a cough and a runny nose. Those symptoms are not new nor worsening. They're not. They're the same symptoms he has, and he has a negative COVID test. Let him get through the day.
0: Yeah, this is. A, I'll read the guidelines here. Uh, if your child's symptoms are improving and they are fever free for at least twenty four hours without the use of fever reducing medicines, your child may return to school with a note from HCP and indicating the test was negative or provide a copy of the negative test result. There's a whole lot of red on this chart here to tell you how you're not going back to school, too, which is crazy. So So just
1: compare this chart to the one we just showed. Compare this chart to what we just showed about how low the case rates are with children going back to school and try to make sense of this. It does like this is crazy because we know that children are not spreading this. We know that children are not overly affected by this. They, they're they not getting sick. They're at virtually no risk of dying. And let's just compare it to the flu, because that's what we deal with every year as parents of children. It's far, far less threatening to our children than the flu. I, it just is. Sorry, that's what the science says. But it now the fear was, well, they could spread it to the teachers. No, they can't. We know that now. The, I shouldn't say we know that now. Looking pretty promising that all of the studies coming out since Looking April good. are saying, hey, we can't establish any actual causation of children spreading this in great numbers to adults. Can't establish it. Nothing is nothing is shown to be that. The one study that came out that said it could is because they swabbed the viral load on children that were showing symptoms. So you're already testing only the exception, but okay. And saying they had a viral load. And while they couldn't establish that that was spreading to other people, it makes sense based on the behaviors of other coronaviruses and similar things in the past. That's not how science works. Like you don't get to make that assumption when we have data directly conflicting it. If it was nothing that we knew about it, sure we would make that assumption. Once it gets disproven, what are we doing? Yeah.
0: No, I don't know. I don't think anybody knows really what we're doing anymore. Um, There's a complete disconnect from what I feel like is actually happening on the ground and what all the rules say should be happening and why they're happening. So I I know. I feel for you, and I feel for your kid.
1: I. This is incri- listen, you and I've talked about this before and I think this is the saddest thing that we have going on in our country right now. We have literally unlimited access to any information, any data, any research study you want to see, you can access it. That's the privilege of living in this country during this time. You have the ability to grasp anything. And people have never been less curious. We have nobody wanting to ask the question of going, "Wait, why is that?" Wait, wait, wait. I, it's literally, it, it, it would take you 20 minutes to get these answers. But instead, I get into these discussions with people where they want to look at me and tell me I'm wrong. And the response is, well, what what study did you look at? Well, I listened to the scientists. Oh, well, why didn't you say so? Thanks. You're not even going to do the slightest bit of research to, to actually, or my favorite is, are you a doctor? Are you a lawyer? Are you a scientist? No, but I know how to read. Yeah. Like This isn't, I get it, I have all the, all due respect for all medical personnel, scientists, and everything else, God bless you. I still know how to read. And I can look at something and go, well, this doesn't make sense. And then if I can't get you to offer me an explanation back, there are some things I had to go ask doctors and scientists about because I didn't understand the concept. So I went and asked. It's a crazy concept, I know. But it's all there. And nobody cares. Nobody gives a shit. That's what I find. We're, we're literally putting people's lives at risk. Shutting down the entire economy, closing businesses, ruining lives, ruining livelihoods, increasing child abuse, increasing domestic violence, all of these very negative consequences that will inevitably result in a lower quality of life and and cost lives. No question about it. We know this is true. And nobody wants to ask a question of, hey, we're doing an awful lot of damage. Let's see the actual results of how we're doing here on on saving lives. Not an IHME model, not some projection showing that masks would have saved 200,000 people. No, no, no. Show me the actual data that says this worked. And this is the most troubling part of all. Why is it so hard to find? Why is it so hard to find the actual data that supports the idea of what we have done is wrong? Why is it so hard to discover what is so obviously true? Where is our press? Where are our politicians? Where are our leaders? Where so, are these people? I mean, they're there. <clears throat> I don't think they're informed
0: enough to ask the right questions. That's why I was, you know, kind of taken back when uh, the the guy from the Finger Lakes Daily, Lucas Day, asked the question. I was like, finally, somebody actually asked the question. Um like I said, I wish he was allowed to have that follow-up to ask about, you know, okay, you mentioned 46, uh, don't you think it's disingenuous question, right? But nobody's asking those questions, and I don't know why. Um, you know, the governor is not the nicest person to people who kind of cross him, so I don't know if they're just scared to do their job. But I, I don't know if the press is fully equipped to ask the right question sometimes that, allow the people to digest the information they need to digest and how is it that you know the question to ask though i think because i i'm curious as you point out and we pay attention and we ask questions to other people like so said, it's
1: not because you're some kind of brilliant scientist that I'm a bartender only understands these abstract <laughs> concepts that no other person can
0: uh that's not me no your iq
1: is not like 195
0: i've never had the test so i can i remain i would guess at least 201 <laughs> Um, I don't know. Like I said, if I wish I knew how to figure this all out and try to get information out in a, in a way that wasn't politicized, because I feel like that it, from the beginning, this thing has been a a political football and it's been just thrown back around. It's just crazy to me. Um, And I, and I don't know where we're going, which is the sad part. Um, It's, it doesn't, doesn't feel like it's going to end anytime soon. And I feel like the emergency powers order for Cuomo doesn't end until April 21st. So unless something happens from the legislature between now and then we're dealing with the governor dictatorial powers from now until April 21st. And I'm, I'm genuinely scared about that more than anything else that I've seen in this whole time. So, um, I just don't know where it's going
1: to go. And I'm, I'm relatively scared about that, I guess, more than anything else. um, I agree, and we should be scared, because the idea that you can shut down an entire state with no long-term negative consequences is absolute fiction.
0: And to think that they can just flip it back on is also fiction. Correct. Like That is not going to just come back when they say, okay, whatever the governor decides, whenever the governor decides it, there's not going to be a, just a, a, a flip of a switch, and then New York is just back to being New York City and New York State.
1: No, you have done irreversible damage at this point, all in the name of pseudoscience and trying to feel better about yourself because you were trying everything you could when you had no discernible impact on the actual threat. Like, I don't I don't even know what to say. This is like watching somebody's house burn down and they're spraying water on the on the road (laughs) in the idea that it will just reflect down and control the heat. Like, I, I'm glad it makes you feel better, but it's not solving the problem, no. and now you're flooding your neighbor's house. Like, well, still we're trying. No. Th- no. You, <laughs> well, update your strategy. If spraying that house is flooding the entire house and it's not going to spread, stop and change your strategy. But we don't. Instead, we just keep uh, getting – I don't even know what yeah, is. I'm we're, lost.
0: We're down. So <clears throat> let's take COVID and turn it into – and go back to the beginning of sports here. So – Maybe one of the craziest, <clears throat> I don't know if you're a fantasy football player, it may have been the craziest, scheduling weeks in the NFL in quite some time. Um, we had, what is it, one, two, three, four teams with the possibility of positive tests, I think? Or at least yeah. two teams that affected four teams, two anyway. Two teams that affected four. Yeah, we had Tennessee Titans with the first... They had multiple players, maybe six or seven guys came out.
1: It's above 10 now.
0: Okay, so that game was actually postponed and rescheduled to week seven, I believe. So they basically have a bye this week for both those teams, the Steelers and the Titans. So if you had any of those guys on your team, hopefully you didn't start them. Um, And then the Cam Newton,
1: the New England Patriots quarterback. The
0: Cam Newton. The Cam Newton uh, tested positive. He... Did anybody else on the Patriots test positive? I don't believe him? so. so just him so far. So he is not playing. They rescheduled that game to tonight, I believe. Correct. Uh, they'll be playing the Chiefs tonight. Um, so we have two Monday night games. Uh, I think the Packers and the Falcons are the other, other Monday night game. They're the late game, I think. Yeah. So we get a doubleheader tonight on Monday night, but a crazy schedule week. But uh, my power five didn't change. Run through it again for the folks at home. All right. I mean, the teams didn't change. The order changed. Chiefs are still number one. That's I know fair. we talked about Chiefs-Ravens, and they kind of beat up the Ravens uh, on Monday night last week uh, yeah. after the show, and uh, they have kind of solidified themselves as the team to beat here now in the AFC for sure. Uh, even though the Bills are sneaking up on them a little bit, um, I have the Seahawks at number two. Okay. I mean, Russell Wilson is still playing out of his mind. and uh, So you're
1: you know, just not buying that defense wins championships thing?
0: Not in this NFL <laughs> uh you you have to score points, so I'm, I'm, I, I, offense is is number one. The the Bills may have the best defense of the t- of the undefeated teams. I think the Ravens yeah. are right there with them too, as far as defense. But um, the Bills I have moved up to number three. Uh, they're still four zero. How do you feel about the Bills? Your your Buffalo Bills? My Buffalo Bills. I I,
1: I gotta tell you, I'm I'm kind of. A believer, like, I, is this the first time they've ever been four and No, somebody no they were. It was a few years ago. They okay. started out. Uh, it was like five and one with uh, Trent Edwards at quarterback, and then oh, nice. then he got hit and they died. Um, oh. they literally stopped playing football for like a year and a half after that. But they kept showing up, which was nice. So no, it's not. But it's a, it's definitely a different four and o than we've ever seen. Then I shouldn't say ever. This is the first time you could watch them as a competent offense. Yeah, no, they're legit. Right and their defense speaks for itself like Brilliant. their defense is legitimately good and their offense now with Josh Allen i mean Josh Allen threw the ball away 3 different times in this football game i learn. was so proud i was like i was amazed of oh my god you didn't run 15 yards backwards and fall down great job he actually threw the ball away yeah. it was a brilliant idea yeah, no
0: i think the bills are uh you know the the bills chiefs the uh, afc conference championship would be uh, kind of a a thing to go to i think
1: it'd be a heck of an exciting game
0: um i have the the packers in at number four uh again they play Heart tonight dark. they're still undefeated but they play tonight the falcons the falcons are 0-3 uh so i the packers kind of could solidify their well, falcons uh, their, are winning tonight man I, I, okay um <laughs> And then I have, I have the Ravens, who is the only team. Uh, there's other undefeated teams, but I still have the Ravens in there. I think their defense is really good, and Lamar Jackson is just unbelievable. So. Um
1: I can't argue with
0: that because He's,
1: they are, listen, losing can, to the Chiefs doesn't make you a bad
0: team. No, absolutely not. So, um, I still have the same five teams. They're uh, a little mixed up, but uh, I'm still pretty confident about those teams all being pretty pretty high Super Bowl contenders here.
1: All right, so now we're going to flip it around and we'll do the bottom five. Okay, let me have it. All right, No, so the fifth worst team. I'm going to go from, from best, best to last. To worst, I okay, guess, yeah, is what I we're guess, doing yeah, here. I got you. So, I've got the Houston Texans, which I'm kind of surprised by. I oh, never thought I would be saying that right they're now. They're 0-4, right? yeah and a pretty convincing Owen 4.
0: They um, um who would have known that DeAndre Hopkins was the I mean the entire off I guess. I don't know. Like they have not been able to to overcome that that roster change anyway. I
1: I don't have a good explanation for you all. I know is the stats don't lie and in they're getting just beat up, zero uh, oh and four for, with Deshaun Watson with JJ Watt. Everything else like yeah, no, zero wins is zero wins. Zero is zero, boys. So I'm not saying uh, you probably should be lower if we we're going just on record because there are teams with wins that are worse than you. Speaking of which, this next team is so bad they don't deserve a name. So the it footballs? is it is the Washington Football Team. Um, they're just not good.
0: Uh, I th- I thought I think their defense, at least their front seven, probably is pretty good. Their mm-hmm. offense is you know going to be wildly inconsistent uh I still don't know that they have their quarterback yet or not he's, um he's slinging a ball around I mean, but there's a lot of concerns yeah uh he, they just haven't figured it out yet with him and whether or not they do I don't know I kind of agree that they're they should be in the bottom five
1: yeah the next the next worst team I have on here is the Denver Broncos um congratulations on your huge win Thursday night over the Jets uh but still it's it, they're just bad. They are not yeah. a good football team. They have too many holes. The injuries got them.
0: Yeah. I it's hard to, we, if you said if you haven't figured out your quarterback, it's hard to to win games. So.
1: Right. When you went into this guy to, touting him as, as the ideal backup quarterback and now he's the guy that's the starter, you're you're not in a good spot. Uh the second worst team is your New York Giants. I know you don't really like them, but I like no, saying that because you okay. live in the state. Uh they're just again that there's nothing there yeah no it's it's amazing As some one player makes that big of a i'm assuming they play
0: different. each other i still haven't checked that so we're gonna get they, a, we're uh, gonna eventually will.
1: we're eventually gonna
0: get a worst of the worst i can't Lesson wait tie.
1: because obviously the number one worst team in the nfl right now is the new york jets um i it, it's this is a historically bad team i i they can't be the, literally the only thing they do well is they stop the run that's it and they're not even that good at that anymore but they're pretty good that is the best thing I can say about them, is that they do a good job stopping a run, and Jamison Crowder actually looks like a legitimately good wide receiver.
0: Yeah, he's good. Their best player is probably the fifty-year-old Frank Gore. All
1: right. All right. Listen, I, you're right. I can't argue with that. And Sam Darnold of will go down if unless something changes drastically as just a casualty of horrific coaching, terrible front office moves, and sacrificed for the 5-year plan.
0: I, it would be nice to see him get out of there like if they could uh you know I'm now I'm thinking just in my my own selfish ways thing the Steelers have a uh, aging quarterback themselves they could figure out a way to pry him away from the Jets and see if they could kind of correct him remold him into what he was coming out of college. Um, he's still super young. I feel like he's only like 22 or 23. Right? Yeah, he came he came out as like a 20-year-old, right? I want to say this is his 4th year in the league. It's either his third or his fourth. Yeah, I think this is his third. But I feel like he came out re- like really really young. Yeah. But anyway, so I, I I don't think his career is over by any means, but no, it's 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 going nowhere on the Jets, right?
1: Uh, and I just so everybody knows this as we're talking bottom five. I know they're the division leading team. Philadelphia Eagles almost made this list. They are not good either. They're on my list, are they? Yeah, they they deserve they're terrible. It. They're awful. If they this is the thing about playing in in that division right now. It's like what the Patriots got away with for years in the AFC East. You're basically slotted five wins a year just by your division, yeah. Because the teams they, are, they don't they even have
0: five wins so amongst bad. them right now through four weeks.
1: The only difference between the NFC East today and the AFC East of the last ten years is that there is no good team. That that's it. They're the AFC South. That's all they are now. Of these teams are, they're not good. I, they're just yeah.
0: They're they're. It's look. It's funny looking at the standings.
1: It's hysterical looking at the fact that some of these teams are like. The Philadelphia Eagles are in first place in the NFC East with a record of one, two, and one. One, two, and one. First South. place.
0: I mean, you only got to get in.
1: Uh, yeah, they can get into the playoffs, but they don't got Nick Foles. Somebody from somebody there. from that
0: division is going to get in. I I so. uh,
1: something tells me they're not going to have to. And the Dallas Cowboys, even are. I mean, they're fun to watch. Dak Prescott putting up 500 yep. yards of passing and and throwing the ball all over and slinging it and then losing to the Browns. Not even really that close. Yeah, that game was crazy. Oh, it's just so funny. that. The, I- I'm kind of gloating now because for literally 20 years of being a Bills fan, I've had to be on the receiving end <laughs> of the gloating. So I'm going to take my moment right now, write knowing it. full well that this could all blow up in my face, and I don't even care. I'm, I'm going to enjoy it for the next it. It however it many couple of weeks I got.
0: Did, did you end up uh, switching over to the NBA Finals? Did you get to see any of uh, Jimmy Butler last night?
1: So I watched the highlights. I did not watch the game live, admittedly.
0: Yeah, he he pretty much just just said, I'm not going to lose today, and – didn't lose, and he had a 40-point triple-double. I think it was 40, 11, and 13, 11 rebounds, 13 assists. He also had two blocks, two steals for good measure. Like, the dude was out of his gourd, and to do that, down 0-2 NBA Finals without your, you know, your two main players who've got you there. Um, you know, as good as Butler is, it was Dragic and uh, uh, Bam who got the heat to where they are right now, mm-hmm. and Butler just basically picked up the mantle and said, all right, get on my back, boys, I'm going to ride this to a win, and did. Uh, so they're 2-1 now down, Lakers are up 2-1, that is. Um, new life, obviously, you know, breathed into the heat. Uh, maybe they get one or two of these guys back for game four, and that gives them a little bit more boost. I, I was on the heat before the, the series started. Um, kind of had given up hope when uh, Bam and, and and Dragic got hurt because not thinking that they had uh, full arsenal was going to be able to, but Butler was so good that... If they do get healthy, I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised to to get another win or two here out of the Heat. And if uh, if it gets to a game seven,
1: I like the Heat. If it got to a game seven, that would be hard to argue because the Lakers should have swept this series after those two injuries. It should have been over already. The fact that they even gave up a game is it's not disheartening. It's disappointing. If they lose if they lose the next game, if they actually lose game four. That's disheartening to the Lakers. And then if you get dragged into a game seven, if you lose a third game, I mean, you still got the most talent. You still got a better roster and everything else. I won't argue that. So I would still say it's probably going to be the Lakers that would pull it off. But I I can't argue with your logic on a game seven would support the Heat.
0: Yeah. I mean, I just, I'm back to the, in a game seven, if Butler plays like that, LeBron or AD is going to have to play better than they've played yet in the series to, to yeah. counteract that that's all so and, and listen they're more than capable they're two oh, of the best sure. players in the league but if Butler is going to be the junkyard dog and take over a game and none of those guys either one of those guys do heat win and I, I don't know I don't know who's got the, the 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 clutch gene uh deeper between those three guys and it, it, it might be Butler if given the opportunity so um yeah. I don't know a game seven I would take the heat um,
1: we got a long ways to go to get for, to for game sure. Seven. Like
0: I said, we'll see if those guys get healthy. That's that's the most important thing. Um, and if they do, I think we have a series. Um, sure, uh, which will be fun. I know we haven't talked about this too, and I didn't even we didn't even prep about this too, and I haven't looked at anything. But I know that the uh, baseball playoff started. They did start. I forgot about that. We didn't talk about that last week. I think we moved on from baseball. Yeah, the Yankees. Actually, started. Yankees advance. That's where I was. I was like, oh, yeah, they won. They got, you know, they're into the uh, whatever. the They seeded like one through eight yes. in both, both, uh, both leagues, right? And they seeded one through eight, and then they have, you know, one plays eight, four plays five, and then the winners advance kind of thing. Yeah. Um, So I feel like the Yankees are playing the Rays. I don't know any other matchups because I haven't really, again, I forgot that baseball was even being played.
1: So the Yankees are playing the Rays with no days off for the series, which I found interesting of even for travel days or anything else. It's just straight. So they're playing in San Diego. Don't do that. They're playing
0: in San Diego in like a bubble. So there's no travel. They're just all playing back to back. back Yeah. And I think the other teams may be playing there as well. I just don't know exactly how it's all slotted out. So, um, yeah, so baseball's uh, playoffs are underway, too. As we get closer to the World Series, I'll make sure we start covering that in a little bit more depth so I can give you guys some uh, better information other than the Yankees. Um, Mr. Hussong, that's all I have on my list here. I, I did, you know, going back away from sports and back to news a little bit, um, you sent me a nice little uh, Ghislaine Maxwell article. Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> so disheartening.
0: So I, I only skimmed through it because I, I wasn't going to make it part of the show, but I found it interesting that there was, this is a, this is a recent article, um, from the Daily Beast talking about, uh, how, uh, Glenn Maxwell had an intimate dinner with Bill Clinton, uh, in 2014. I think this was at a restaurant in New York city. Was it? Yeah, I believe so. Uh, did you know that the rest, the owner of that restaurant is killed himself? That's so weird. That almost never happens. Almost, almost never. Unless you're,
1: you know, unless
0: you're having, in unless any, you're hosting the Clintons
1: in any way around Jeffrey Epstein, Ghislaine, Ghislaine Maxwell, or apparently the Clintons, then it seems to be a huge problem. You're probably okay if you just deal with one of
0: the three, but after you start dealing with multiple people, then your, your likelihood of suicide goes up. It's like contagion.
1: Right. And so the, the quote from the article is producer Steve Bing, Clinton's friend, Major Democratic donor and investor in the restaurant, who died by suicide this year, was already there waiting for the former president. Hm.
0: Well, yeah. right, pick your
1: friends. I mean, at this point, it just like what do you say? It, nothing. You nothing just at all. you just say it, and you just wait for the next one. I'm so disturbed by. Again, the absolute disinterest in these kinds of stories around it, and people just don't want to know. And I guess I understand to a point, but this is the kind of stuff that, I don't know, we used to have an industry where people just wanted to discover the truth. And like firefighters running to a burning building, they would go to a story and dig. And now we've, we've evolved. I can't think of an industry that has more harmed itself with unforced, self-inflicted wounds than the American media. I, I can't think of anything that has done a worse job that used to be held in such high regard and is now a laughingstock of what it once was than the American media. It's absurd. Yeah, they don't even try anymore. No, they don't even, yeah, that's it too. They, they have no interest in even pretending to try anymore. Everybody has a side and listen, yeah. when I say traditional media, I'm not like excluding Fox News here. Now I mean yeah. all of these major media companies have their angle, their spin and that's it. And they don't uncover truth anymore. They're no longer looking at the story, now they're looking at the spin. Everybody is trying to figure out how to make it the other side's fault or make it at least not as bad for their side. And that's really sad. I mean, The treatment, I I don't feel bad for Donald Trump that he's getting treated roughly by the press. He should. They lie entirely too often. They do whatever is comfortable for them. They repeat this stuff. It's nonsensical. It's immature. It's gross. He deserves it. Here's the reality. So does Joe Biden. And the fact that Joe Biden is not taking questions at almost any press conference, nobody is making him answer the question of, what are you going to do about the Supreme Court? Are you in favor of putting on additional justices? Well, that's not the question because that distracts that they shouldn't do it. Well, okay, but assuming they do it, what are you going to do in response? Because it's going to happen. Nothing. Like, we These are things that people actually want to know the answer to. Where do you stand on all of these other issues? What are you going to do for criminal justice reform? Are you going to take back your law that you wrote back in 1994? Which parts were wrong? Are, yeah.
0: Like I said, I you know, we've talked. I've I've I don't know if given up is the right thing on the media, but you know, I feel like some of the reason why me and you are sitting here actually is because of the lack of effort from some of the mainstream media. I just want to talk about things that I feel like are interesting and I wanna bring them to people who might also find them interesting that aren't getting talked about. So um, you know, so I'm gonna to continue to talk about things that I feel like are interesting, are important and yeah. bring them to you guys, because I don't know where anybody else is covering them. By
1: the way, I, I should have asked you this ahead of time, but I didn't, so I'm sorry. Any update on those flight logs?
0: I looked today, uh, nothing. Um, we are at about 30 days when that, uh, you know, it's like, yeah, we didn't know exactly when it was served, but we know that the report was September 3rd um, that they were going to file this uh, subpoena for the, for the flight logs, but they have not released those yet, so okay. I will make sure to keep everybody uh, updated if they do, and Again, this will be coming from the, the, the main pilot and the main plane, the uh, the one you know, the original flight logs that were put out a few months ago or maybe last year actually um, were compared to the, to the current stash of flight logs were compared to be a post-it note. So I'm excited to see the new uh, flight logs and see what, that, what names are going to be uncovered on that. So as soon as they do, I'll definitely bring them to you guys um, among anything else. Mr. Hussong, anything else you would like to leave the people with before we let them go?
1: No, I'm good. I've ranted enough for one day. I feel for you, my friend. Just please start making sense of stuff. Like, it's, I I can't anymore. I'm exhausted. What do you What if you have kids have your clamps like this? I not your kids. I'm not kidding you. I'm getting ready to pull some extreme measures to keep them in that that school. Like, <laughs> right. guys, I I feel bad. I genuinely yelled at my seven year old son for coughing. Like, don't. What cough are you doing? anymore. Like, don't cough ever again at school. I and I I mean it because. You're obviously not sick. You are obviously, you don't have COVID. We have a test. And next week, we're going to go into more detail on this because we have to. The study that just came out about PCR tests is remarkable and, again, nobody is talking about zero people. So I want to do a full on prep for this, put something together and and walk you through step by
0: step. I've been talking to Dr. Doe about this a little bit. He's kind of giving me some background. Um, I may try to get him on the show if he's available, but we'll talk about this for sure next time.
1: So Uh, let's give me, I'm going to give you guys a little teaser at home for this. And maybe you can even go do some research on your homework, get get educated on it ahead of time. But based on a, a study that's just come out and it's been set up for peer review and everything else, They're looking at how much non-contagious viral load the PCR tests pick up. So the PCR test is the most common thing we use for the test for COVID. And it goes in by picking up traces of the virus. And if you zoom in too far while you're looking for it, you can find non-contagious viral load, which means you don't actually have COVID-19. You have artifacts or some other coronavirus that is now being picked up because we're looking too close and you need a certain level just to be contagious. This study concluded that running a PCR test at 35 cycles, and we're actually running it higher than that, and the higher you go, the, the more false positives you pick up. At 35 cycles, the false positive rate was 97%. Meaning 97% of the positive cases we are turning in right now with PCR tests don't actually have a contagious level of virus. 97. 3% have it. Three. I,
0: and that's at cycle threshold 35, and we're testing at 40 right. cycles. So
1: Again, why is nobody talking about this? And why is nobody covering this?
0: Right, and why, why is nobody asking them, like, they have to know this? It's like impossible
1: ther- that this is accidental.
0: So, I, all right, uh, listen, this is so, the not, let's of, not do it all right now. Ah,
1: no, it's the equivalent of you as a bartender. If I asked you like, Hey, make me a rum and Coke. And you made it with gin and seven up and said, here you go. Like, that's not an accident. You, you know what you're doing. Right. Okay. Sorry. So <laughs> let's, let's,
0: let's leave it there though for now, but th- look up the PCR testing. I'll, I'll post some things through the, through the, through the page and you guys can and, and do some research there too, but we'll cover that next show. Um, let's leave it on that. Nothing else. Yeah, I'm good. I'm okay. good. I really want to sure? go into that next time. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you uh, for tuning in again. Uh, we'll be back here again next Monday. Uh, what is it? Uh, October 11th? Uh, 12th? 12th. 12th. For episode 19. Uh, maybe we'll have a guest, uh, but we'll definitely co- cover uh, PCR testing. We'll uh, recap the uh, NBA Finals. Uh, hopefully there's maybe a, a Game 7 to talk about. And we'll recap the NFL next week, too. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you again. We'll see you next week. These guys.